1: Hi, Neil. How are you? I am great, Cherry. Now, we've got something to talk about because you've had a really interesting career. Berlin first formed back in 1978. You left the band briefly and went back to the band. Uh, You wanted to be an actress, is that right? I was an actress in my teens, yes. You also wanted to, I guess, to do music as well. What was your your first love going in high school and everything? What were you more into, acting or, or music?
0: I always wanted to make music, but I, I was so scared of it because I thought that musicians and bands and singers that I loved were God. I mean, I didn't think I could make a living doing that. You know, I wasn't like them. I didn't even try, really, until I forced myself to do it when I, just before I met John Crawford, I was 18 years old and I joined Berlin in 1979.
1: With the band, I remember you released a pretty raunchy song called Sex, and that was banned in some radio stations uh, in the U.S. I guess looking back, songs these days are a lot more raunchy, don't you think?
0: (laughs) It doesn't seem that raunchy now, but at the time nobody had really talked about that kind of thing in a song. You know, they they Mm. talked about sex and sex you know, matters, but that particular thing had never been done in the song. So I knew that it would get a reaction, but I was good with that because this is stuff that my girlfriends and I talked about. All girls talked about this stuff. And why not talk about it in the song? I was going through it at the time with my boyfriend. We were having kind of a boring sex life, you know, just kind of falling into the same thing every time and I wanted to try some new things with him. So it was about my conversation with him about our sex life.
1: In the early days of Berlin, how did you cope in the band and how did you cope in the music industry? What did you learn about the music industry at that time?
0: Well, when we started, we were strange to the music industry and audiences because we were trying something that hadn't really happened in America yet. When we started, it was really all about punk and power pop you know, like the Go-Go's and the Plimsolls, the Motels, the Police. Those were the bands that we played with in Los Angeles. You know, that's what was going on. So people didn't really understand what electronic music was. They had never seen a synthesizer before. They didn't understand, the, you know, the sound or what we were doing. So it was difficult. In the beginning, we were told to give up because, you know, this kind of thing had never been seen before. It probably wouldn't make it. And we should just go sell shoes somewhere. So that was the beginning for me. But we really believed in it. I believed in the music. I believed in John, my partner. He believed in me. So we kept going, and we got better. And I learned that as far as the music business goes, if you sell a lot of singles, they love you all of a sudden. Exactly. We released really <laughs> Zach and a radio station here. <laughs> We had picked it up and started playing it, and all the record labels that told us to quit uh, previously that year just called back and said, oh, you're the best thing that we've ever heard, and you need to make a record with us. <laughs> it was like a whole turnaround thing basically because of the numbers, because our single sold 25,000 copies in a month.
1: Coming from the 80s myself, 84 was probably a great year for music and um, you teamed up with Giorgio Moroder. With your sound, it seems quite a natural fit and I remember No More Words produced by Giorgio for the film Vision Quest featuring yeah. Madonna. What was it like working with Giorgio and what did he bring to the Berlin sound and your style?
0: Georgia changed everything, really, for us on so many levels because we wanted to work with him so badly. I mean, we had seen what he had done with David Bowie for, for uh, Cat People and Blondie with Call Me and Fame and Flash. The guy was just, he was his own, like, sound. He was his own thing. And people came to him to, to basically, you know, put at his feet the work. So when he came in to work with us on No More Words, he was working, he got the job for Top Gun at the same time and we happened to be there when he got the job so Take My Breath Away, which he wrote for them for the movie, got offered to me. I wasn't even the first choice. I wasn't even the third choice. I think they tried out a few singers that were way bigger than, than we were. We, we didn't, hadn't even had a hit yet, a real hit. I mean, we had Underground Songs and songs played in the dance club, so we didn't have a top 40 hit yet. So when he came to me with Take My Breath Away, I mean, once we did that, and then that came out, the whole game changed, I and mean, then it was the entire world now instead of, you know, our little neighborhood and <laughs> the West Coast of America, you know.
1: Looking back, Terry, during that time, I mean, Take My Breath Away was a monster of a hit. It was just huge. It was number one in the US and the UK, number two in Australia, uh, number four in New Zealand. Wow. Looking back now to have a song that resonates for people back then and since then and even now, when it starts, people know it instantly. It must be amazing having sung Mm -hmm. a song like that.
0: Yeah, it is. It's amazing to sing a song like that and watch people go into their, you know, their head, they go into their zone with it, because everybody seems to have a story about it. If they're they're at the villain show, most of them know the song, and so many of them have personal stories about what that song means to them. It was their first kiss, or it was their wedding, or it was their first child, or their first day at school, or, you know, everybody has something about that song that it was the soundtrack for. And if I get to meet them after a show, I get to hear, you know, what their story is about that song. And I love it because I have those songs in my life. Well, Take My Brotherly is that song for me, too. It's everything for me. And so many songs when I was a kid changed my life. I mean, they came at a time when I needed them and I would play them and play them and over and over. And and they, they kept me going, you know. So I understand. I understand when the song means that much and and it's great to actually get created the song that means that much.
1: I guess the success of Taking My Breath Away, due to a bit of disagreement in the band, because obviously you didn't write and produce the track. Unfortunately, it would have been great royalty wise. It won an Oscar and I got Golden Globe for Best Original Song, but it also, you know, it, it caused a bit of a rift in the band at that time.
0: Honestly, Leo, it, we were already rifting. We had gone so long at that point, it was about six years of nonstop work and there's no one to blame for that except us. But we were kids, so we didn't know that we could stop it, you know, stop the, the train that we were on and we were tired. So we were fighting about everything. We were fighting about the way the other person breathed. <laughs> you know, we just couldn't take it anymore. And that was another thing to fight about. You know, John didn't like that. He didn't write the song and he didn't like that he had to play the song now because it's a hit, and it's not for them to him. For me, it was like, you know what? It's Georgia Marauder. We're playing it. I'm thrilled that we got to do anything with Georgia Marauder, and I want to do it. So, you know, it was one more thing to disagree with the house at the time, and what we really needed was a nap. We needed to just go to sleep and take a break and come back fresh. Because we didn't, the whole thing fell apart.
1: And you guys were so young at the time as well and and on this big roller coaster, and not knowing how to sort of get off it or or make some changes or whatever and you touched on the fact just then that with um, "Take My Breath Away it doesn't matter I guess if a song is good a song is good it doesn't matter if you didn't write it or not if a song is good and it suits you that's that's the main thing because the song is the number one thing.
0: Yeah, exactly because whoever who writes it or who doesn't that's an ego game. An ego game, he can never win. And even now, John and I, who are actually, this is brand new news, we are writing again. John, David, and I, the original Berlin 3, are writing again uh, this year. So this is, this is a big deal for me. And he says even now how stupid it was to say that, because it changed his life, too. Yeah. I mean, we were playing countries that didn't give a damn about Berlin before take my breath away, they didn't listen to us, they didn't care. But that song, you know, changed, you know, we got to play all over the world for the first time.
1: And obviously since that time you've toured all over the place, you're still recording even now. Your last um, album, Animal, was released back in 2013. You've got your own radio show in the US, is that right? How's that going?
0: I did that for two years. It really was great because it happened right as I was putting Animal together and I really needed just you know hear what was going on in music right now you know at the time and it, it forced me to do that and i needed it and it was great but i had to quit the radio show when we started touring animal because i couldn't i couldn't be at the at the radio station as much as they needed
1: now Terry, you're last in australia back in uh, 1984 in fact so it's been a long time but you're coming back in july for the Totally 80s tour. Mm -hmm. And what an amazing lineup. You've got um, yourselves, Martika, Katrina from Katrina and the Waves, Men Without Hats, Stacey Q, so many great artists. I guess these tours are a bit like a reunion, and you sort of hang out and reminisce and have fun, right? I love them. I love
0: playing with different artists. I have not seen, I don't think any, no, that's not true. I saw them all. I think we played with them somewhere here in the States. But other than the mall, I have not seen any of the other ones, so I'm very excited. Stacey Q, I knew because we worked at the same studio when Berlin did their first album. Stacey Q was also at that studio doing something on her own. And I remember her. She was doing Two of Hearts at the time. And she's just a cute little thing. She was just adorable. Gorgeous little kid. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's my experience with her. But other than them, the only people I know. Our real life. They opened for us on a tour for Love Life in 1984.
1: Yeah, what an amazing song. Semi and Angel is just an incredible song. I, I just, I've always loved that song. Yeah. Onto it's- your, I guess, playlist for the show. I'm hoping my wish list would be, obviously, No More Words, Dancing in Berlin, Take My Breath Away, Light Flames. Am I right?
0: <laughs> Please? <laughs> Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you telling me that because we haven't been there in a while so I'm not sure what of our songs people love but uh, I will definitely put those in the show. We'll be doing those and we'll be doing a few songs from the new ones from Animal as well.
1: Oh, fantastic. So some new material as well. And um, when can we expect a new album from Berlin?
0: Well, the EP was begun last year and this new development working with John Crawford and David Diamond from the uh, original Berlin has just begun. So, if that bears fruit, then I'll be adding songs from that collaboration to this EP. It might become an LP. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that that will go on to this and, and come out this year.
1: Well, Terry, um, thank you so much for your time um, today on Drawing Me Four Point Nine Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station. Totally 80s is touring all over the country uh, in July. Playing in Melbourne, in Melbourne at the Palais Theatre on Friday, the 15th of July. Tickets on sale now from ticketmaster.com.au. There's also some VIP meet and greet packages as well. Terry, thank you so much for, Mm -hmm. I guess, a bit of a reminiscing morning on the show and can't wait to see you down here in Australia.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Neil. I'm really looking forward to coming. This is a big deal for me. Thanks for your time. Hi, this is Terry Mann from Berlin and you are listening to JOY
1: 94.9. This JOYcast is a free service brought to you by JOY 94.9.
0: Support JOY 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another JOY podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, JOY.